0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, Kules. Welcome to the Barça Talk Cafe. I am Garri Quiroga here in Madrid, Spain. Every Friday, Mariana Guzman of Conexión Deportiva and the Adena Barça Podcast joins me from Barcelona as we talk the latest FC Barcelona and football from Spain. Mariana, feliz año. ¿Qué tal? ¿Cómo estás?
1: Hey, happy new year. It's true. (laughs) Oh my god, happy new year. Happy new year. Well, um, I am, I am good. You know, I overall yes, surviving. My 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 beginning of the year was a little bit rough, but I'm okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Now you, I'm you, okay. You were a little bit sick, uh yeah. it was not COVID, but you're feeling better now. I listened to the, Out in the Bar podcast and I said, Where's Mariana? So I had to message you and you are feeling better now, so it's yes. good. That you're feeling better. Thank
1: well, you. I have
0: I have an announcement to tell you, Mariana. I just told you like a minute before we started recording. You did not know about this. No. Uh, no. We have picked a date for Barca Talk weekend in Barcelona. And it's going to be May 22nd uh, against Villarreal. So whoever can come to Barcelona, we're going to try to meet up like we did before COVID. Obviously, COVID pending. You know, we're going to try to do our best. Yeah. But uh, Mariana, we're going to be headed to Barcelona. We're going to hopefully... Uh, do the live show there. We'll probably yes. hopefully do Barca Talk Cafe as well there because I'll be able to get there the night before. So I'm really looking forward. The patrons spoke. They voted for May 22nd. So that's what we're going to shoot for for that date. Most important, Mariana, uh, Kim is going to be coming. He's going to be our director of food and beverage.
1: Whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I am so excited. <laughs> I yes. mean, I am really happy for this. Can't wait for... For the day to arrive because it's it's really it i have no idea i have no idea yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: so for those who don't know kim is one of our patrons and he yeah. always shares amazing photos of food and beverage in our group and i told him he has to come because he has to be our food and beverage director to show us around some great places that we don't maybe not know about in barcelona you know you yeah. live there i've been there many times and so we're looking forward to that so it should be a fun and- weekend
1: Barcelona is beautiful in May. So Of course. Of it's course. One, it's a wonderful date. It's a wonderful yeah. idea.
0: Yes. So um, <laughs> uh-huh. anyone who can come that's the weekend we're going to do it. So Patreon or non-Patreon we're going to like I said we're going to do a live show more details will come but that's first thing is to set the date so people can start planning and coming. Yeah. All right, Mariana, let's get into it. So, we had a Clasico last night. We had a day now to kind of digest uh, see all the resumens, all the news everything after the day after as much as i love to see that and barcelona were fell short three to two in the supercopa last night in the south of spain in saudi arabia
1: yeah. <laughs> people were like how are you feeling And from El Clásico, you don't feel the Clásico mood. It's not here in Barcelona or Madrid. I mean, it's just, it's like, it's not happening. It's (laughs) real.
0: I I was telling my friend last night, I think the Federation missed a great opportunity to rotate this around Spain to really highlight cities. Like, for example, could you imagine if it was like in Malaga? and then the following year is in Bilbao and then the following year is in Barcelona i mean i think that would be so fantastic i, I understand
1: mean, the problem and the problem is that if they did the clasico in malaga they're not earning the amount of money that they're earning or here no. so this is like a money 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 thing you know sure. because everyone is like how come it's doing i mean it's super copa de españa i yeah, mean yeah, yeah. it's it's totally crazy but well money 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 modern football
0: of course of course well Mm -hmm. let's get into the first theme that i want to kind of hit and talk about and this idea of this moral victory now we got a question from kim our Mm -hmm. food and beverage director and he told (laughs) us you know he brought a question into us asking you know was the second half like what we can look forward to for the rest of the season we also got another question from carlos another patron it says It seems funny to say, but that the classical loss felt like a win. So Mariana, does this, do you believe in moral victories? Was this a moral victory last night? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: definitely was a moral victory because if you, I don't know, if you were watching your favorite show, El Chiringuito, (laughs) or I don't know, on social media, um people were like Madrid is going to aplastar. I mean, yeah. Madrid is going to win, uh, I don't know, for five goals. I mean, people were like really really thinking about this Clasico was going to be like it was a Real Madrid win, but it's not only to see the goals. It we have to see the game and I am I am really happy, you know, because like Kim was asking like was the second half our comeback, and in a way, yes, actually, Xavi was like saying like the, on the beginning of the of the match, they were feeling like mm, acomplejados. I don't know how you translate that like low spirit, you know, like Madrid, they're 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 better, you know, yeah. for all the situation, but when. They lose that complejo. <laughs> yeah. They were like, now okay, but we are FC Barcelona and we got this. And it really changed a lot. To me, it really changed a lot. So, yes, in a way, it was a comeback on the second half of the, of the match. And Carlos, yes, it, I mean, it is funny, but it makes sense when you look what Barcelona have been through. All these, all the past <laughs> years. So it's not only like a, a two-three kind of thing. All it's like these. They were like kids on the midfield. I mean, um, I don't know. It was just a lot of things. So to me, Barcelona planto cara. You know, like yeah. okay, we are here, and after all, we are ready to to face all these clubs in like Madrid or all over Europe. So, so yes, it is definitely a moral victory.
0: Yeah. I would say, you know, in that, in that idea of low self-esteem, right? Low confidence, that low type of self-esteem. idea, yeah yeah, 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 So you're right, you know, and I would say just in this season, we've been through so much and to get to this point, And that's why I think really frustrates me even further. I even put that in the chat was that. Could you imagine if Xavi was here at the beginning of the season? I felt like this could have been at the beginning. And that's why I get upset about this because I really thought that Xavi holding the team at the beginning of the season would have helped further develop and help us get in a better place earlier. And we're seeing that now. We're seeing that now. And like you said, Barcelona basically planted the flag and said, we are here and we're not backing down because like you said, in Barcelona, here in the Madrid press, it was like, "How many goals are Real Madrid going to score?" And I even commented last weekend, when on the last podcast, I said, "I'm nervous because I don't know how this is going to go. I really hope it's not fly to Saudi Arabia, Arabia lose six nothing, and they come all the way back home like feeling worse than you did." But like I said, this is definitely a, a moral victory for sure. Now, I want to get to the next topic about Vinicius Junior. Now,
1: yeah,
0: I have been making fun of him for the last three years because I think it was a lot of hype but he's finally come good now because he's actually scoring goals and he is very dangerous with Benzema in the match last night we were in a three-back system and Vinicius had again way too much room for my liking and this is one of the issues that I'm kind of thinking about now because Vinicius is going to be a Madrid player for the next eight seasons Mariana, how does Barcelona contain Vinicius Jr. in the future Classicos? Because again, he was given so much space. He's so dangerous on the counter, and he converted a goal against Araujo, who's one of our fastest defender, most physical defenders. Uh-huh. And again, Vinicius is just building confidence with every passing weekend. And he's becoming, you know, he's going to take over Benzema essentially in the next uh-huh. couple of seasons. But right now he's still dangerous. So what does Chavi do in the future Classicos? Because we're going to face him again. In the coming months, do we go to a four-back system to protect those sidelines? What do you think?
1: Well, I think the answer is like pure ADN Barça. You know, like the defenders are not the only one in the field who needs to defend, you know. It's like all the players need to defend and all the players need to attack, you know. And it what, what I mean is the midfield, it's got to he's gonna have some work to do, to to be able to stop Vinicius because, like you said, Vinicius all these years were like people were laughing because he wasn't able to score and he's like, oh well, <laughs> take a look at me now. So so yes, he's scoring and he is uh, in a few years is going to be like the the la referencia, you know, like the like the player to watch. So to me. It's not only the defenders but the but the midfield to work against Vinicius.
0: I mean, there was moments last night where he was all by himself on the mm-hmm. touchline. And I was asked, I was telling my friend, you know, sometimes with Vinicius Jr., if you just take him out of the game and don't let him even get the ball, mm-hmm. he loses the rhythm, right? And then all of a sudden maybe you take him out of the game that way. And I think this is going to be a big problem for the next couple of classicals because it's going to be how Chavi adjusts to this tactic and then how Real Madrid counters that counter tactic, right? And I think this is going to be a nice cat and mouse game, but this is something that's going to you know be very dangerous because again, last night, you know, again, our counter-attack defense was awful. <laughs> Playing against the best, one of the best counter-attacking teams in the in, in Europe. And Mariana, my next thing is when. Or what does it take for Jordi Alba to get benched? Because last night, <laughs> I was flipando last night. I, take away the cross to Ansu Fati. Yeah, yeah. Take that away, right? Yeah, 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 That's like his first decent assist in a while. But again, Mariana, I was flipping out last night.
1: I know. The- I know. I totally agree with you. But actually, in we did this ADN Barça episode right before the the match and i was like Jordi alba was terrible and alejandro was laughing it's like I, i'm not getting what you're laughing <laughs> <laughs> like, excuse me can you explain a little bit i don't understand i mean this is a really important thing he needs right now he needs someone who can do the, what he do on on the field you know like some competition he doesn't have any in the competition and we don't see like on those signing material material like anyone who can sign Barcelona for his position so to me Jordi Alba okay good for what he did for the club but that's it I mean that's it we got the man (laughs) let go it's like now you you you're free to leave thank you so much but to me it's just too much uh, again, I last no yeah. Me
0: yeah yeah <laughs> last night was the epitome of like risk versus reward in defending. Which mm-hmm. when you are coaching, you say if you just run and not make that tackle and then miss that tackle in the last goal, especially with Valverde scoring. I mean, how many options did Real Madrid have? Poor Arahu, you know, poor PK because it was the only two people left, you know, because Alba left them to dry. So again what does it take there's no competition and this kind of leads to our next questions that we've been having from our patrons about Sadinho Dest again just right before we were recording the rumors out there that he's going to Chelsea so we don't know what's going yeah. to happen but but my opinion is why not just put him at left back because he may not be offensively more brilliant than Jordi Alba potentially but at least I feel like he's faster and maybe you can give him to play defense a little bit better. But Mariana, this, I mean, what does it take to get this Vaca Sagrada like benched? I mean, to me, if you don't see how bad he leaves the defense, you you just don't understand what's going on with football, you know? Yeah,
1: but I mean, I don't know if you remember, but Dest did a a lot of mistakes. And to me, that was like, now he is penalizado for that. You know, it's like Dest did so many mistakes and I think they lose they lose all the confidence in him. So, to me, probably he's going to leave. I mean, there are a lot of clubs. I think there are like four clubs asking for him. So, so yes, this is not the one who is going to bench <laughs> Jordi Alba. Um, to me, it's someone new because uh, I don't, I don't see anyone from the from the roster.
0: I mean, that's so. Again, that's going to be next year. Then I mean, this is this is this is yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, really, the only way Alba is going to be left out is if he gets hurt. And of course, I'm not going to wish that he gets hurt. But again, that's just it's baffling to me because, you know, as much as Danny Elvis is going to help us for the now, he's 37 years old. You know, and mm-hmm. having Alba and Danny Alba as your wing backs to me right now is is going to be a lot of problems in the spring.
1: Maybe someone from Barça. I mean, we have seen oh. all these all these players who are talented. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, but it goes back to like xavi having confidence in replacing alba Piquet, and busquets because you know it's last night oh uh, yeah <laughs> well we'll see i mean in, the, in the midfield last eventually.
1: night <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah yeah in the midfield last night it was obviously a game changer when Pedri came in the second half mariana this guy he's not even 20 years old like what's going on like yeah. <laughs> when this guy comes in and when he came into the match i was like wow he just looks like he's been playing for barcelona for six years like he was his first game back since September, and he comes back with this confidence, and obviously, like, he didn't miss a thing. Uh, What were your first sensations of seeing Pedri back?
1: I mean, Pedri, he looks like, like, I don't know, he's like he's 27 years old, you know, like, I've been playing so much on Primera División, (laughs) and I just love the way that he when he enters to to the field, you can feel it, you know? It's like he's changing the game in three minutes. So I'm really looking forward to watch him as um, in the starting eleven. And and the same thing happens with me with Ansu Fati. I mean, Ansu is just incredible. And yesterday was the first match for Ansu Fati and Pedri with Xavi as a coach. So, I mean... To me, it was like, I am so fan of these youngster kids. I mean, they're they're incredible. And Ansu Fati, I just, I can't believe it. He always scored. I mean, he, that's like you knew, if he's going to play, he's going to score. So that's that's a really good news for Barca right now. And that's that's one of the things that actually makes me feel better about this team, you know, because he Pedri, he and Pedri were like out of rhythm, of course, and they still did a wonderful job, a, a good job. And I, I I wanna talk to you about Ferran Torres, but I don't wanna, I don't know if you wanna say something about Pedri or Ansu Fati before winter.
0: Yeah, let's 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 dive a little bit deeper with the midfield and yeah. we'll get into front. So again, like you said, with Ansu Fati coming back and Pedri coming back, that creates a depth. And we got a question from Leroy, and he just asks with more depth at the midfield, what should Barcelona do with uh Frankie de Young, Puj? And of course, Busquets as the main captain, does yeah. this prevent him from being benched or even substituted? So again, Busquets now still leads the team in minutes. And last night was not good. Was not good. He had no. some plays there. And Again, I don't understand. I mean, I take that back. I take that back. I understand why Xavi has complete confidence in Busquets, right? Because he he played with them for so long, and he he has a lot of confidence in what he can do. But I I feel that having a younger midfield, you know, using De Jong when he's when he's healthy, Nico, Gavi, now with Pedri coming back, that gives me more confidence about how dynamic this team can be. And I don't think the team loses that much with having Busquets not playing, you know, he's not giving these automatic amazing through ball assists anymore. I mean, Mm -hmm. when was the last time he did that? He does that maybe an opportunity game. But to me, I really want to see Nico in that role because I think Nico is a little bit more dynamic and he can run back (laughs) to cover spaces where Busquets can't anymore. So what do you think about now the, you know, as you just said, with the depth of this midfield, what is the trio that really excites you the most? Is Busquets still in that trio for you or is it no no else?
1: for me definitely no i mean to me it's like a uh, it, and it and i love it because i i i was going to say like gabby nico and the john i was like no way but pedri <laughs> so i like to having those problems to say no this one are are my favorites but the one thing that i know and i feel so sad about this is that ricky boots is it's not a little bit an option. I mean, he. I mean, to me, he must leave. He must leave because he's not gonna play. So, I'm removing put out of this equation, and um, and to me, it's like Pedri, De Jong, when because when he is good, when he's focused, he can do interesting thing, and and Gavi and, and Nico. I mean. It is difficult. It is difficult to say only, only three. But I am so, so into the younger play, the youngster of the team. So, well, Pedri definitely must be there. It's like the one that I'm not going to <laughs> you know, change like, out. Yeah. Exactly. Pedri, Pedri. And um, Busquets, um, to me, this is the season where he must enter on the second half i mean this is like the perfect moment you know this is this is a good way a good moment to start this transition with him
0: that's a perfect segue because i love that i love that so much Busquets still has a valuable role to this team i just don't think it's leading the team in minutes i uh-huh. think having him come in in the second half like you said almost as a closer you know like when we had um keita for example like that type of player that comes in the last 20 minutes solidifies the defense because for 20 minutes, he can, he could definitely do it. But for 90, it's pushing it. And that's the thing. And like you said, for me, the midfield always has to include Pedri and anyone else who's younger is going to excite me because I want to see that with the youngsters, you can have more dynamic formations, right? You can do a four, two, three, one, four, three, 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 five, two, whatever you want to do. And like, to me, that really excites me to give that flexibility for the midfield. So we will see. Now, we were lucky to get two goals last night. Obviously, yeah. with Ansu, like you said, Ansu comes in remarkable again. I heard, I heard your comment last night on André Marceau that he has <laughs> a stable relationship with the goal, right? I love that comment. Like, he does, right? He comes in, and you can't argue with his goal-scoring record, which is amazing. But Mariana, the attack still lacks what I always look at, directness and shot-making right? How many times yesterday did this? I mean, I want to take Pedri out because Pedri didn't play, hasn't played, but there's like Dembele. Everyone is always trying to hit a golasso shot. And if anything I learned in modern football in the last 20 years is that a little man who was five foot eight scored 100 plus goals, making passes into the goal. Those are sometimes what you just need to do. To just get it on target and make, for example, last night, make Courtois make a save. And you don't know what's going to happen. We almost scored two times when we actually shot on goal. More importantly, Mariana, here's my question. Is Luke more valuable in attack than Memphis now?
1: I mean, the answer is a surprise for myself because I am going to say yes. <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. People uh, started this season uh, laughing with Luke the John. They were like, the bad de John, uh, Luke the John, like, what? oh my God, how come? Ronald Koeman did this to us and now he is the one who is scoring, he's the one who is trying and he's the one who scored at El Clasico. I mean, it's like a headline you you can't believe. Like, look, the Johnny scored in El Clasico. Crazy. To me, now from what I've seen on these last three matches, I think, yes he's definitely, at this point more dangerous than Memphis and, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to overreact because we still have a lot of season ahead, but I'm feeling disappointed with Memphis. I mean, it's like, I don't know. I don't see him doing anything interesting in the match. So I don't know what happened with Memphis. I mean, those at the beginning of the season, he was like, yes, he's, and he's the one who's scoring. And he's the one like, we're going we're gonna to be back. Uh, we're going to be Barcelona again. And you were feeling him. And I have no idea. I mean, sometimes the players are starting to disappear, like, like Frenkie de Jong. Like they they started so good and you don't understand exactly what happened, but yes, the the answer is yes. <laughs> to me, he's more peligroso. Right yeah,
0: now. and I think I think it's really just one thing: is that Luke De Jong understands what is being asked of him because what he's doing is just really basic number nine things. He's just going up the middle, pushing the defensive line, and being available for crosses. Right. When Memphis came into the match, I was even my friend was even he's like, is that Memphis? I said, yeah, he's been playing for the last 30 <laughs> minutes. And it's sad because he doesn't look – he he looks unmotivated for whatever reason. And also, he's just kind of going through the motions. Like, I don't see him being aggressive to, like, go after the ball. And I don't know if it's a confidence thing or just being played out of position because Dembele was on the left side last night for a lot of the time. But again, Mariana, like – I can't like I put this in the WhatsApp group. I said, could you imagine me saying this three months ago or two months ago that Luke De Jong was going to be more valuable in this moment than Memphis as an attacker? It's it's, it's crazy talk, right? right. It is. Now, it is. were you surprised that Ferran Torres started last night?
1: Yes. Um, I don't know why Shall we did this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nor do I.
1: I mean it's like he was he had the covid he was injured and uh, he had never played an official match with FC Barcelona and it's like hmm maybe he should be at the starting 11 in El Clasico to me that yeah, was like know. what does does that make any sense to me and of course he was out of rhythm obviously i mean obviously i don't know that i i didn't understand xavi
0: yeah, I thought it was a, a weird move because I think, you know, when you come out from injury or in this situation, he hasn't played in a long time with COVID and so forth, just to come in the second half, right? Come in the second half, less is expected of you, right? And anything you do positive, people are going to flip out, right? If mm-hmm. he did like a great pass or hit people like, oh, look, he's back. But yeah. I feel like it's a weird thing when you start, right? When you start, it's like, okay, he needs to deliver and he needs to be a lot good, of right?
1: responsibility
0: exactly exactly and you know he looked lost last night like which was normal and you know he had like a auto pass here and there but like nothing to celebrate so much obviously to get him obviously officially registered i want to say thank you samuel Mtiti, uh for you know doing the contract because i did not see that coming in the last podcast mariana i predicted and obviously was wrong i predicted that Fran torres would not register for fc barcelona because i thought with the dembele contract and everything but I did not see the Umtiti thing happen. So gracias, Umtiti, for 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 that.
1: Uh, thanks, Carles Alemán, who is the man who, can, who came up with those things. Like, hmm, how about if that guy ends up, like, I don't know, rebajando el salario? Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, for hmm, sure.
1: How do you feel about that, Gabriel? How do you feel?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, even though he is lowering the salary, they're extending it. So obviously, he's going to be on the team longer. But uh-huh. again, he didn't have, he did not have to do that, right? He did not have to do that. And again, I would say the one thing I'm just looking at the attack now, now that the Ansu is coming back, Ferran Torres is available, Dembele, um, Memphis with all these things, I just want to see this attacking just be more direct and actually go to goal. Like how many times last night, Mariana, they do side to side and nada pasa. Like it's just it's just wasteful, you know? It's like, yes, there's possession, but there's no ganas to score. Like it doesn't seem like anyone wants to – like score goals it just seems so passive what do you think is that just me or is that just is that something i'm just reading more into
1: no 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 you have you have a point even in a moment i mean when, when i was watching the game i was like oh this is slow you know if you watch um a premier league match for example i mean you see like different to me it was like yeah of course it is a thing (laughs) you have you have a point there
0: I just want them to be just you know taking more chances in directness you know obviously you know I know the philosophy is to possess and have a better quality shot than just to go direct and lose it and not have a quality shot but I feel like the element of surprise is in our favor because we never do it and I think we need to take more advantage of it again I'm I'm excited to see what we can develop, especially the most important for me is Ansu Fati because he's the one yeah. that's actually converting goals and that's obviously the future. But again, just to finish this off, I mean, you know, obviously here, you know, the biggest rumors in Spain here are with Holland and we have a question from Nicholas, who's one of our newest patrons. And he said, yesterday we got a little taste of what the team can actually become. My question with all our attackers fit, do we need Holland? Well what do you think? I say yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I don't think there's a real possibility at this point of this Holland signing. I mean I know that Laporta is like everything can happen, but uh, I don't believe him. <laughs> so yeah. to me it's like 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 they say here on in the in the in Mundo del Football is humo. I mean, it's like that that's not real at all. But yes, I mean, a Haaland, of course, if we can have him, <laughs> you're so welcome here. <laughs> totally, totally.
0: I mean, Nicholas also added to his question that he said that, you know, Ferran Torres and Ansu Fati can develop to be world beaters, right, to be world, uh, you know, top players, in the, but I, I still think with Holland he's such an alpha, like he's mm-hmm. such an alpha, that it would give the team um, a bit of a swagger and confidence that's been kind of lacking in the last couple seasons. Um, just someone that I feel like won't take other teams' garbage, you know, that type of thing, and might fight. I think we've been kind of lacking this fight, you know, recently. And I think having Holland come in, just someone, that wants to score thirty plus goals, I think, is much needed. I mean,
1: totally. obviously,
0: dreaming is free, but I mean, the three of Ansu Fati, Holland, and Fran Torres. Oof, I mean, that is something to get really excited. Exactly,
1: about. it's like in the, when we have the triplete: Messi, Neymar. It means like okay, Messi yeah. or Suarez or Neymar, but someone is going to score. You know, so so yes, that will be beautiful.
0: Any other last thoughts of the Supercopa last night? I mean, obviously now Barcelona has the weekend, which is nice to recover. Uh, they play Athletic Bilbao next week in the Copa del Rey. But I think, you know, I think it was almost kind of best case scenario. I mean, obviously I would want to to win, but also they get to recover this weekend. The team gets to be healthier, get ready for this next push before the next international break. Do you have any last thoughts about last night's Supercopa?
1: Well, i Overall, I I feel happy. I feel this is a important transition that we're seeing right now, and I feel I feel confident with Xavi. You No, know, it's like you said, so sad that he was not from the day one this season, but on the other side, good that he's here, and that I think he can do wonderful things. So yes, it it was an important match for the Cules, and I think people are like with again with excitement you know it's like i want to see my club playing i want to see them uh, luchando you know yeah, like fighting, really yeah. being yeah fighting really being there because um i, I didn't comment that be- because I, I forgot but um i really love that when madrid score barcelona didn't went like 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 it's like it's been happening all these months. before. they were like, "Okay, we are, we're here in the match, we can do it." And to me, that's just so so important. And to me, that make it dif- that really make the difference.
0: I think that's a great point because normally, you know, like you said, we give up the first goal and there's a bajón, right? There's like this kind of, yeah. "Oh my god, it's it's us, we're, we can't do it, we don't have Messi, how we're we gonna?" But it wasn't like that, and I think a lot of had to do with it because finally we had depth, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just 11 people, right? We had a whole bunch of people to help, like, you know, in the second half, we brought basically almost a new team, you know, we brought all these new players on. And so, like you said, like there was fight. And again, it it is exciting. And again, the moral victory is good. And like I said, I'm really excited to see what they can do against athletic Bilbao. Well, Mariana, we're going to close off the episode. We have one last question from Tom, who has been super active with all his questions. Great questions, and Tom, but he just uh-huh. wanted to get to know a little bit more of our culerdom and so forth. So he asked, what were Gabriel Mariana's earliest memories or experiences as culers, your fondest memories or experiences? Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first?
1: No, I want to go first. Okay, I mean, Ladies first. I mean, first. I'm, <laughs> I'm from Venezuela, and this is um, a country that the main sport is baseball. I mean, and um, back of those times, it was, like, even more. Like, football was not really a thing. And Spanish Liga, tampoco. <laughs> so, I don't know. For some reason, for some reason, because my, my brother and my dad was really into baseball, for some reason, I started to watch ESPN and started to watch La Liga. And... I don't know. It was like love at first sight. I was (laughs) really loving watching El Clásico. I was like, and no one understood why. I was like, I don't know. I mean, at that point, girls were not allowed to like football. I mean, it's like, oh, my God, why is he into football? But um, I was like, oh, I want to go to Spain someday. So, yes, um, it was like, I don't know, seven, eight years old without no reason at all
0: <laughs> i don't
1: have like my family taught. no 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 it was just me without no reason at all
0: and you yeah know- <laughs> i mean and and also really quick i don't think yeah. we've talked about this speaking of girls yeah the femini are gonna play in camp no for the champions I, league
1: i am so so <laughs> so beyond excited i mean yeah. it's it's a dream come true you know and Champions League yeah. against Real Madrid, it's just wonderful, and fans are like really into the match. I mean, in three hours, we're like, I don't know, 50,000 tickets sold. I don't know, it's yeah. just beautiful, wonderful. Yes. Can't wait!
0: It's amazing, it's amazing. So, I'm glad they did that because it's just going to add to the hugeness. Of the moment, and the women are going to win. I mean, I don't, I don't have a doubt between this because the women have been ruling. Really no, quick, I my, no doubt
1: at all. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. these girls are incredible. They are better than Real Madrid. I mean, the, I don't. They are better. That's a fact. And in El Camino, I mean,
0: yeah, especially with yeah. fifty thousand people. I mean, please, like that's that's going to be amazing. Well, really quick, my uh, earliest memory or whatever is. You know, I was lucky enough to go to the World Cup in 1994. It was in my backyard. It was in San Francisco area. I yeah. went with my dad to all the matches. And also the team, Brazil team, the national team, was training in my actual town. So I got to watch them practice all the time. And at that moment, 1994, nobody cared about the World Cup. So I had complete access with my father. We went; They were at, wow. play, at the high school, like by our house. Like it was incredible. Like. There's Romario, Bebeto, right? They're all playing right there, right? And we got to see them. And there was like 20 people in the stands.
1: (laughs) What?
0: (laughs) With all the media watching, right? It was was crazy. But in the corner, basically training with the team, because he was still a young kid, was the original Ronaldo, the Brazilian Ronaldo. And when he would scrimmage, because Romario wasn't scrimmaging that much, because he was, you know, he's Romario, right? And Ronaldo would just just take on and I, my dad was like you see that guy he's gonna be really good and of course after wow. he went back he went to barcelona and then at that moment too in the united states they started showing la liga and i saw barcelona i saw ronaldo connection done and that's how i became a cule so that's where that's I really a started.
1: wonderful that's a wonderful history <laughs> mine sucks <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, but it's still great.
1: I need to make up something cooler.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it's still great because it's the attraction of football from around the world that has brought us and look, and now we're in Spain and now we fully
1: get to enjoy
0: Barcelona, right? It's one of the reasons why I moved to Spain from the US is because I wanted to live in a football culture day in and day out, and I love it. Like for example, my daily routine, Mariana, you know, I you know this because you're in the WhatsApp group, but at my lunchtime with my Deportes Cuatro, it's like clockwork. I love it so much that, like, for example, today when they were showing the Supercopa highlights, they spent five minutes talking about Barcelona's bus that got stuck and hit a a parking lot thing. And I was like, I was loving it. Because you would never see that in the States or anywhere else, right? Like, I just love it. I love it. So, though, you know, even though your story maybe is not as, you know, as romantic as mine with the Hubba, but it's still, it brought us here. Look, now we're doing this podcast. yeah. You know, we're we're going to continue to do this. So, Mariana, uh, I've held you captive long enough. So (laughs) I know you just got off work. So did I. We just got off work. But uh, have a good weekend. Relax. We'll talk next week. And yeah, have a good weekend.
1: Igual. Bye bye. Adeu.